the Jaguars offensive line must get off to a really, really good start, or they may be trouble in paradise before we even really get started. I'll tell you why in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there. Thank you for joining me, Tony Wiggins, on another edition of the Locked on Jaguars podcast, where it's your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listener. Quick reminder that our page on YouTube is free to subscribe to. That's Locked on Jaguars. Make sure you tap in, hit the bell and that like button also. And then wherever you get your audio podcast, just make sure you tap in every single day to make sure you don't miss an episode. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified applicants and candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Another thing I want to do is shout out my everydayers. What is going on? How y'all doing? Glad to have you back. And if you're here for the first time, I hope you have a good time, a good enough time to return and come back all right today's show is all about the trench monsters the guys up front i won't call them big uglies even though i just kind of did but people that played offensive line hate to be called big and ugly i would too actually but we're going to talk about the concern that i have with what might happen early okay and i say might not definitely but might i just want to point out things that the line may be a little bit vulnerable to even if you want to bring in the schedule and, and talk about who they're going to play early on. Uh, who needs to raise their play on the offensive line in order for the Jaguars to actually elevate and get to their goals? And then why I have confidence that whatever the issues are or may be, Coach Phil Rauscher gives me confidence that he'll get it all figured out. But first and foremost, let's just get back to it. The concerns I have with the offensive line early. One concern I had already was, are they going to be good enough, right? We know how I felt about the guy that's no longer here. That is uh, Jawan Taylor. We I, I bring that up and people say, man, you, you keep bringing it up. Why do you keep talking about Jawan Taylor so much? Well, not everyone is privy to. You just heard me say every day is, but then I welcome in new people. So everyone doesn't hear or see every single podcast that may or may not happen. And sometimes you just have to go over it. And if we're going to talk about the offensive line, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that they had a guy signed for $80 million with the team that's considered the best team in the conference. So I have to bring that up. Uh, one of the other things that concerns me is obviously the suspension, the impending suspension. Well, it's not impending. It's going to happen of Cam Robinson for the first four weeks of the season. Uh, that'll be alleviated somewhat by the fact that he'll be able to participate in training camp play in training camp and how does that help them in the regular season it doesn't help them on the field but it does help Phil Rauscher and it does help the team see what they will look like after week four and where because right now obviously Cam Robinson's a starter without him in the starting lineup you're already into your depth even if your depth has a guy you think is a starter it's just a whole nother body like for instance if Cam was playing and he went down. We have to look at it like he's going to be down for four weeks. So you go to another guy 
and you're into your depth, but you're okay. If you have another one, then that's a problem because now you're further into that depth. And usually you get the guy number seven. He's not the same quality starter. Uh, and that's that just saying if you only have one guy that goes down. If you recall, last year the Jaguars had two. Uh, then Bart, who's not ready to go yet, which is another cause for, for concern. Uh, he, he's probably not going to be ready to go for training camp, according to at least what you know they were saying, uh, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson were saying earlier. Therefore, that's a little bit of another thing that you have to worry about. Now, I don't want to pretend here that like the whole world is falling apart because it's not. Remember, normally when we're talking about the Jaguars, especially this time of year, we're doing it from hope and optimism and we're doing it because we believe that they're going to have an absolute chance to, to, to try to go out and at least compete and look relevant, right? Well, we're beyond that now. I, I would hope so. And, and some people may think that I'm being a little premature when I say that, but I think we're beyond that now. I think um, the optimism is real. The hope is real. Everything that I expect them to do is going to be real, is going to get done. And they're going to be competing with the best teams in the league. So when you're competing with the best teams in the league, what happens is the microscope gets a little bit bigger and things get a little bit tighter. You have to make sure that you're ready to go for those teams. And most of the times it comes with health. It comes with consistent play week in and week out being being closer to your best and your worst. Nobody's going to give the same exact effort every single week, but with what is it with whom is given much more is required where when the expectation goes up so does the scrutiny and you have to get used to that i just think early on and we'll take a look at the jaguar schedule here uh early on with those first four games now it's very dangerous to sit here and say well it could be worse if they're not playing certain people on certain days yeah i get you i know what everybody's saying and what everybody's basically saying is Look, everybody's basically saying is that you can look at the schedule and then you can come to the conclusion that um, maybe the games can be a little bit more difficult, right? A little bit harder. I, I don't like doing that too much because we don't know what games are easy and what games are hard, right? So the first four weeks, it looks like this. On the road against the Colts, it's not an easy test for an offensive line to go against the guys that they have. And I know uh, they probably don't have a dude that's considered a top 10 pass rusher, but they really invested in that area. Uh, And, uh, you know, on the inside, Buckner is very, very, uh, a very, very good player. So we still have to watch out for it. The Chiefs, you got to watch out for that in week two because you ain't going to have room to be sitting in third and long, second and long. And they still have Chris Jones. Uh, they had a good draft last year with Carl Aftis and they, they've they gone out and, and added, you know, a couple of more players uh, this year. The Texans, you're going to see Will Anderson and Grenard. Those guys can come off the edge. Uh, and they have a solid defensive line already. And then D'Amico Ryan's going to coach that thing up. Uh, so that's going to be a, a pretty good test. And then the Falcons, if you think the Falcons haven't improved, well, first of all, Grady Jarrett is the truth, right? So you're talking about an all pro level defensive tackle, but then they go out and add some pieces. They add Claire's Campbell and they add some pieces during the draft and, and they got some nice young players that they like. I know the point that people are making is it could be the bills 
with Von Miller, and it could be the Saints um, with with Cam Jordan, and it could be the Steelers with T.J. Watt, and it could be the 49ers with Bosa. See, those are the four opponents outside of uh, the Falcons. Those are the four point opponents that will be there when they get all of their people back with Cam Robinson and hopefully Ben Barch. So, yeah, technically on paper, it could be worse, but don't be sitting there thinking that it, just because it could be worse that it still can't be bad because it absolutely can be. So we have a lot of stuff to go over, a lot of uh, uh, things that, that, to be concerned about, whether it's health, whether it's depth, what happens in training camp. And then we're going to talk about in segment two, who actually needs to raise their level of play. We'll do all of that in just a second as we move into segment two here on Locked on Jaguars. Today's sponsor is LinkedIn. That's right. Today's sponsor of the show is LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Now, it's helped me in my private business, and it's also helped my daughter find a job. She went on LinkedIn. Bang. Not long after getting out of the military and was gainfully employed. Make sure you know that LinkedIn can do the same thing for you. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, running it down here. Segment number two, talking about the offensive line concerns that we may have in about depth and about performance. So let's get to the performance part of it first. Are they good enough? Were they good enough on the offensive line before any suspensions? They played well last year. They're swapping out a part and for, let's just say right now, that Anton Harrison, at the very least, is as good as Juwan Taylor, Okay. And I know you guys are saying, man, he's a rookie. How can that be, Wig? How can you say this guy's going to – I didn't say that. What I'm saying is for the sake of this discussion, let's just assume that he is he, he's as good as uh, the, the average rate of play that Juwan had here over the last couple of years, right? Let's just say he does some of the similar things or maybe even is a little bit better. Maybe he has a higher ceiling, but he's not quite there yet because he hadn't seen it. But at least physically, he does some things differently. And they start him out at right tackle. Brandon Sheriff, let's say he is Brandon Sheriff that we that we have come to know and come to appreciate. And Brandon Sheriff starts at right guard. The center is Luke Fortner. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or if you've seen this on social media, Luke Fortner is in my thumbnail for a reason. And that is because I am going to talk about him immensely. Uh, later on in this segment as the guy that I think can take another step, even though he's our, he came into the league ready to go and very good uh, left guard. We don't know, you know, when is Ben Barch going to come back? Uh, is it going to come back when that's going to be, if not, are they going to play Josh Wells? Will they roll Tyler Shatley back out for what seems like the 15th straight season uh, as a reserve? Are they going to, uh, will they go Josh Wells and then put, Walker Little at guard because 
But they know that in four weeks, Cam Robinson's coming back to play tackle, even though Walker Little is probably expected to be the left tackle of the future. Will they say it's better to just have one guy in as a substitute, waiting on another guy to come back, and then, or are they going to go, nope, we're going to put him out at left tackle, and then if Barch comes back before week four, we'll start Barch at left guard, and then when Cam comes back, we'll make a decision on whether we want to move Walker in the left guard or then Cam Robinson back out the left tackle. I'll tell you what, Cam Robinson at $22 million a cap is going to be the most expensive backup in the world if he doesn't play and if he doesn't start right away. And that wouldn't really sit well with a lot of people in terms of how you're uh, how you're distributing your funds. Hopefully, they do get some good play out of Bartz and they do get some good play out of um, Walker Little early and then they'll have some leverage and room to maybe find a team maybe outside of the conference that needs a left tackle and wants to make a long run. Remember, Cam's not – his contract isn't expiring. So whoever wants to come in and get him is going to have him for two or three years at least. That means you'll be able to get a better pick for him, right? And he's a young, big, strong guy. Maybe you can finesse someone out of a second-round pick for a guy like that if their team is just that away like if they're playing really well but they can't keep their quarterback off the ground up upright but your guys are already playing well that's a nice little haircut you can take unless too much money accelerates into the cap i don't know uh, if they'll be able to really really trade them off like that but in any event it's too much money for a guy to be sitting on the bench right now the ultimate goal is to get the continuity right to get the chemistry and the cohesion those are the three and something else i can't remember uh, but these are the things that's really, really important. And I've often talked about the offensive line having to look and move like a unit, sort of like the temptation. You know, they're all doing different stuff, but it, they're all doing different stuff that, you know, jives together. You've seen guys hit a dude and leave him and go somewhere else. Just You just need to disrupt them a little bit to, to knock their timing off because the plays are bang, bang on that offensive line. I, I've really grown to appreciate good offensive line play and, and the intricacies of it and what it means um, for these guys to be out there together playing well. So all of that stuff is super, super important. Luke Fortner is the one that I believe has to raise this play up and be stronger, uh, be better. I think the kid has the potential to be an all pro. That's just me. I honestly believe that uh, Luke Fortner has a chance to do that. Just super, super ready to go. He was ready to play from day one in training camp. And that's also good scouting because Coach Rauscher and this staff, they were extremely familiar with his coaching that he had at the University of Kentucky. So those are some of the things that are extremely important. I love the fact, though, that two straight years in a row, the Jaguars uh, addressed the offensive line on day one or day two. I think it's something that has to happen often. I think it uh, having a quarterback helps you be able to do that. But still, I think it's really, really something that when you look back at it, it's going to be something that even looking forward, it's going to be something you hope that they always do. Um, maybe not day one all the time, but day two, day three, early on day three, you always want to have guys that are developing and in development so that you're not in the situation where you're questioning whether or not the offensive line will be good. But a lot of things hinge on health, um, the health that they don't quite have yet that's on the way that where you have guys who are rehabbing. We're going to look at Cam Robinson as an unhealthy person. 
even though he's going to be healthy and be in training camp and give him that look and give him an idea of who and what they can be, we're still going to treat it as like a four-week injury, right? We're going to treat Ben Bart as a, as, a, as a guy who's going to get healthy, but he's not quite there. So that's two guys. That's two possibly projected starters. At the very least, that's a starter and a guy that's your swing guy, your sixth guy that we're sitting here looking at saying, they ain't right. So out of the six, I think you need seven or eight healthy uh, quality starter types. Um, they're already short too. The question is, can everybody else be good enough? And one of the one of the one of the the four guys out of the top six that is healthy is a rookie. Even though a promising rookie, is this somebody you have to work with and figure out if they're going to be able to get it done? So that's critical it's super super important i'm going to recap both of those areas of concern and i don't want to you know send any alarms to anybody but it's just something that we honestly we're all family here right this is honestly stuff that needs to be discussed and needs to be talked about if we're going to be realistic about the jaguars fulfilling their expectations or expectations that are wilder than anything that we can imagine this year it starts up front i'll tell you more in just a second in segment three we'll tie all this stuff together and i'll tell you why i'm so confident it has something to do with the coach of that group and we'll do that in just a second here on locked on jaguars today's show is also sponsored by bird dogs that's right the best looking shorts you have ever seen and they make your body look good too bird dogs make you look good man they're stretch khaki shorts and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. Show yourself wearing Bird Dogs on social media or just around your family. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl and enter the promo code locked on nfl for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nfl promo code locked on nfl for a free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we absolutely promise you it's bird dogs All right, quick recap of our show dedicated to the offensive line and any concerns that we might have coming into the season. Offensive line concern early is all about injuries or suspension and getting the right cohesive unit on the field. When they are on the field, are they good enough to ascend this franchise to a championship level or do they need to add more pieces, which they're going to always do that anyway. Who needs to play uh who needs to play who needs to raise their level of play on the offensive line we've talked about that we believe that is luke fortner and also the rookie anton harrison has to be ready to go he has to be a full go coming out of training camp and i think he is because he played big time college football at oklahoma they did a lot of pass blocking he he was able to run block they you know they do a really really good job the big 12 is underrated when it comes to those offensive linemen because of the way that they've been playing for a long time and if you've noticed over the last decade, the SEC even plays a lot like the Big 12. In fact, a lot of the coordinators uh, and the coaches, a lot of those guys came from the Big 12 and came into um, the Southeastern Conference. I remember they used to pick at the Big 12 all the time, and then everybody started playing like them. So, um, 
shout out to uh, those young kids coming out of Big 12 on the offensive line. They seem like they're already ready to go every every single year. So I don't think there's going to be any difference for Anton Harrison. I think he'll be ready to go. With all of that being said, one of the things that I really, really am okay with is if you have a bunch of concerns, then the one common thing that you need is something that alleviates those concerns. You have to have confidence in something or someone, and that something or someone for me is Coach Phil Rauscher. Very, very, very happy that he is the Jaguars offensive coordinator. I mean, offensive line coach. I really, really have been impressed by how he's been able to get the group uh, right, all keep them right, keep them uh, on point, make sure that everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they have a lot of versatility. He, he does a good job of actually identifying the players who um, can play where and can play what. And, and it hasn't been a super, super issue for the Jaguars since he's been here and been their head coach. It just hasn't. The offensive line has been something uh, – and this is weird because Doug Marone was an offensive line coach by trade, and then he became the head coach. And it seemed like the offensive line, in my opinion, once 2018 started, they were just never able to get right. You would think that the one part of a team that wouldn't have a problem would be the one that the, that the head coach identifies with the most, right? I just think everybody now is on the same page with Phil Rauscher. I think he is a fabulous coach. He's a great communicator. He's a, I think he also has an eye for talent. They really depended on him a lot in the draft process to find the, the young player that he really, really wanted, and they got him. So this is all for me about raising the level of play. It's not about them being okay. It's not about them just being fine. This is about me thinking that, okay, if I had my brother, they would have re-signed Juwan Taylor. They still would have possibly drafted a guy in the first round for me. That's just how I think. Um it probably would have been like Osiris Torrance and just planted him at left guard and said, go for it. Then let those other two guys compete at left tackle being Cam and, and Walker Little and, and, and leave Juwan Taylor over at right tackle. And, and then you got a guy and Walker Little that could swing over there if you need to. But yeah, Osiris Torrance could have swing. See, that's what I would have done. That's, that, that's what I was thinking. When I say let's elevate and let's make the, a, a, a really solid area let's make it a, a position of strength let's not keep it the same let's build on what we already have and possibly draft the dude in torrents or whoever and it still could have been anton it could have taken him and played him and left guard i don't care but let's just draft guys and and, and it's possible that you can draft the dude that's the best of the group and add him to the group that you already have you know, maybe let him come in and compete with Cam Robinson at left tackle and just tell Walker Little, okay, man, we're going to make you a guard forever. See, that's to me, that that's where my mind was. And that's what I kind of thought they were going to do, but they didn't. And maybe in their mind, they liked Juwan, but they didn't, they just said, you know what? Not for that amount. And, and I'm never for a team to pay a player to be something that he's not like if you you had a guy that's not worth a certain amount of money don't don't give it to him even if you still need him and even if he's serviceable and he's useful don't get into the habit of doing that just don't don't 
and I'm not saying like he's like some some non-beef hot dog or something like he's some off-brand piece of meat on all it's not what he you know what he could be a very good thick cut steakhouse pork chop but you can't buy him like he's wagyu you just can't do it okay how good that pork chop is it ain't it ain't a center cut piece of japanese wagyu it's just not and you can't pay him that way and if that's their case and if that's their point so be it fine i have no problem with it. i don't have a problem with it anyway but my point has always been retention retain your best players especially when they're young and build around them and that's how you get better i'm confident though that phil rousher will get it done i'm confident that he knows exactly what he's doing how to get it done and he'll be fine so the, the concerns i have is early in the year they can't get their c's right the cohesion and the continuity because they're trying to figure out what they're going to do until cam robinson comes back I'm sure if they start having problem blocking problems blocking people, that ball will come out real quick and they'll stick to what they do best. If that's run block, then they'll run block. Or that ball will just come out quick, quick like it did some last season, and Doug Peterson will make you play tackle me if you can. And they have a lot of guys that can make people miss. And if that's what they got to do, then that's what they got to do. Go some tempo, no huddle. They can do a lot of things to slow down a pass rush, as we've seen in the past. So I'm not worried about them being able to win games and play well. I'm just worried about them being able to elevate to that next level and wondering if they have the personnel to do it now or if they don't. And even if they do, how much does missing that group and having that group early in the season hinder you from being at your very best when you need to and once you get into the meat of your schedule? You guys can hang out with me here on Locked on Jaguars. Check in every single day to see if there's an episode. At some point, training camp will start up and there will be multiple episodes every single day and then some more with shorts and all those other things going on but that we'll post for you on all platforms as soon as things happen and things start breaking not breaking like being broken breaking like making itself known to the world because we don't want anything to break around here all right check in and tune tune in tomorrow and every single day and make yourself an everyday here on locked on jaguars where it's your team every day once again we thank you for making us your first listener today Please listen to Locked on NFL and make sure you check that out next. Take care of each other. We'll see you next time here on Locked on Jaguars.